Welcome into Rocky Talk, the daily Tennessee podcast. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here on today's show. And today's show has a lot of news to talk about as it relates to Tennessee football, both on the field and off the field. The news on the field has to do with Trey Smith, Tennessee's, I would say, best player, maybe most important player, an offensive lineman who was an all-SEC player as a true freshman playing four different positions last year for Tennessee. We'll get to that, as well as big recruiting news, and I mean that literally and figuratively, coming on Tuesday with Tennessee adding another player to the 2019 class. The Vols are now up to 18 commitments in the 19 class. It's growing very quickly, three commits since last Friday, all on the defensive side. So a mix of on-the-field football talk and then football recruiting, which continues to be a focus for the coaching staff. But it's a class that is quickly growing. There's not a lot of room right now with Tennessee's class, which I'm sure is something that Tennessee's coaches are telling some of those prospects out there as well. So all of that right here on Rocky Talk, the daily Tennessee podcast. It's at rockytalkpodcast.com. And the show is available every day on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and all of the third-party apps. As football is close, Friday is the start of fall camp. Thursday will be Jeremy Pruitt's opening camp press conference. So Football is just about here for Tennessee, and uh, with football being here very soon, I'll start with the news on the field, and that was with Trey Smith. Chris Lowe of ESPN.com has a story that I absolutely recommend you check out uh, on the website. Chris does a great job covering college football, has covered Tennessee for many years, and was able to talk to Trey Smith about what has gone on with his medical situation, and the news that came with the story is that Trey has been cleared by doctors to play in 2018 after he was diagnosed in February with blood clots in his lungs. And over the last five or six months, Tennessee wanted everything to remain quiet on exactly what kind of medical situation Trey was dealing with. And everybody respected that. And now that Trey has been cleared, he has felt comfortable talking about what has gone on. And and that is that he's dealt with blood clots in his lungs and was on medication to figure out exactly what needed to be done. And Chris Lowe writes in the story that the best way to treat Trey's condition was a six-month course of anticoagulants, blood thinning medication, followed by baby aspirin. And they did that over the last several months. And when football begins on Friday, Trey will not be a part of contact. That's something that wasn't exactly clear at Media Days a few weeks ago when Jeremy Pruitt said that Trey Smith would be back on the field. But when he was asked about would he be cleared for contact? Pruitt's response was, well, nobody's been cleared for contact. Different situation, though, for Trey. Players will be able to go out there and have contact on the field here in in a few days. Trey will not be a part of that. It'll be in the middle of August. The team physician told Chris Lowe, quote, Trey has been cleared to do conditioning and drills as long as it's non-contact, and probably about mid-August and sometime before the first game, he will be off the anticoagulants, and able to resume contact at that time. The physician went on to say there's always a risk of new blood clot forming. There is no scenario where the risk is 0%. There's still a chance. You just have to be vigilant of signs and symptoms of blood clots. And his risk of recurring blood clots would still be there, even if he said, hey, I'm not playing football anymore. He still has a risk, but there are also risks if you choose to stay on anticoagulants the rest of your life. Ultimately, it was Trey's decision. So that is what the team physician told Chris Lowe of ESPN.com. Here's what Trey told Chris when he was asked about how difficult this was, especially in those early stages, trying to figure out what was going on, the medical issue, and all the unknown that came with it. Here's Trey Smith. 
The toughest time was before I was actually diagnosed. Uh, I could hardly even walk like 500 yards without stopping three times. Just regain my breath, uh, just not really knowing uh, what was going on. You know, just getting a diagnosis was a little bit funny. It was a little bit of a relief uh, just because I finally understood what was going on with my body. It was also extremely scary uh, knowing the severity of the situation. So think about that. We're talking about a guy who's a freshman in college. He has just had a big first season at Tennessee. All the talk is in two years, you're a first-round pick in the NFL. And then all of a sudden, you're having difficulty breathing. You can't go out there and, and do everything you've been able to physically your football future is in question, your health is in question, everything that he's taking on, that's an extremely difficult situation. It's difficult for his family as well. Chris points out in the story, uh, which I, I think is pretty well known now, but Trey Smith's mother, Dorsetta, died in 2015 at the age of 51 with congestive heart failure. So when you think about what happened to her and you think about Trey's medical situation, it can be a very scary situation and one that is taken very seriously, of course, and it was. So Trey visited with doctors in Knoxville, traveled to Boston, went over to Vanderbilt and Nashville, and got a number of opinions on what the best way is to go about this. So I wanted to start the conversation with the medical side because that is absolutely the most important thing here. The top priority is Trey Smith's health and he and his family, and it would appear Medical professionals as well believe that they are taking the right steps for him to be back on the field. It was said that it, it's ultimately Trey's decision. If Trey said, I, I don't want to take the risk, I don't want to play football anymore, obviously he doesn't have to play football. But it's also very clear that playing football is a passion for him and that he wants to be back out there. And that's why I think in the spring we continued to see him doing the off-the-field work, the conditioning, working out, everything that goes into getting ready to be able to play football he did as much as he was allowed to do in hopes of being able to come back and play. And he will come back and play and should be ready to go in August. I guess there is still that if factor there because things can change. But Trey has been cleared. And Trey will be back out there playing for Tennessee on September 1st when the Vols go up against West Virginia. So from a football standpoint, this is huge news for Tennessee. As I said at the beginning of the show, I think he's Tennessee's best player returning, maybe most important player. You can always make the case the quarterback's the most important player, but in terms of the offensive line, everything they need to do up front, I don't think Tennessee can be a great offensive line, maybe not even a good offensive line if Trey's not out there. He's, he's so versatile. He can play inside. He can play outside. They can almost put the offensive line around Trey Smith. And remember Cole Kubelik, former SEC offensive lineman, now an an analyst with the SEC Network, a few weeks ago, I asked him about Trey Smith. Here are a couple of minutes with Cole Kubelik talking about Trey and how good he can be if he's coming back to play for Tennessee this season. Well, if he's back, he's, he's the best offensive lineman returning in the SEC, and I, I think he's the best offensive lineman returning in the country. I, th I think he has that much ability. When you're a freshman and you come in and play that position, it's, it's one thing to understand the technique and the fundamentals. It's one thing to even have enough physical strength to be able to hold up and withstand the things that you're going to see but to be physically dominant at times is very rare at that age at that position and he seemed to put all of those together at certain points in time and one thing that I think people forget is that Trey was not put in a great situation last year he played multiple positions he played inside he played outside 
And then towards the end of the season, for some reason, the coaching staff felt like they needed to start flip-flopping strings of the offensive line. It happened in the Missouri game. I was on the sideline. It even took me by surprise when I'm watching that game, trying to figure out what they were doing with Trey Smith because I obviously was watching him. So he wasn't put in a position to be consistently great last year, yet he was. And if he's back, then I think he's the best offensive lineman in college football. He just – He has that rare combination of size, strength, quickness, yet the ability to maintain body control. And he understands the position now better than most kids that I see at that age. Is Trey a tackle? Is he a guard? Is he whatever he wants to be? What do you think about his future position-wise? He could be either one. I I really believe that. Um, I think that – I think ideally he's – right now, I think he's probably a better guard. But that could be just because I haven't seen enough of him at tackle to really know. It's very difficult to see a guy be dominant at guard and, and be able to say that they can translate out to tackle because that's just they're very different. To see a guy at tackle and be able to say he can play at guard is much easier. And so we, we've kind of seen more of him at guard than tackle. And then, like I said, then we see him at tackle, but yet we see him playing both sides, going inside, outside, outside, inside. It's just – we, didn't, we weren't able to get a real consistent look at, at what he could do at that position. If I saw it a little bit more, I'd have a better feeling. But based on what I have seen and based on how I know he works and I'm knowing his mindset, there's, there's no doubt in my mind that he could be the best tackle in college football and play that position in the NFL for a long time. So that last part is to be determined. Is Trey Smith going to play guard or will he play tackle for Tennessee this season? What we do know is that he's going to play football for Tennessee this season. That's good news for the Vols. And for Trey, what does he think about getting back out there on the field? I'm anxious. I'm just, I don't know what I'm going to do the first time, honestly. <laughs> I'm really waiting on it, man. I can't wait just to strap on the pads one more time and just get it going. Trey Smith talking to Chris Lowe of ESPN. Again, check out that full story at ESPN.com. This is Rocky Talk, the daily Tennessee podcast. It's at rockytalkpodcast.com, on iTunes, on Google Play, five days a week, talking about what's going on with Tennessee. And what else is going on with Tennessee is big news on the recruiting trail. On Tuesday, Tennessee landed a commitment from defensive tackle Savion Williams. He is the number one ranked junior college defensive tackle in the country. Savion was on campus last weekend for the cookout and came into Knoxville on an unofficial visit checked out Tennessee, and walked away impressed. He ended up choosing Tennessee over Georgia and West Virginia, other schools that were in the mix as well. In Tennessee, we have talked about a ton, has focused on trying to get bigger up front, trying to add some defensive line help for the future, and that's still very much up in the air, what that position group is going to look like moving forward. I think Jeremy Pruitt and his coaching staff have said, man, we've, we've got to get some guys up front that can play on defense. So Savion Williams commits. He's a 6'4", 315-pound defensive tackle from the junior college ranks. A couple of weeks ago, Tennessee landed Elijah Simmons, a defensive tackle from Nashville. You want to talk about adding size, 6'2", 340-plus is where he is at that position. You have Daryl Middleton, Ladarius Cox, also guys that are committed to play on the inside of the defensive line. Tennessee is getting bigger up front, and in the last week, Tennessee has gotten some big-time players. Tennessee has landed in the last four or five days. Cornerback Warren Burrell, who chose Tennessee over Florida and NC State. Tyus Fields, a four-star corner from Charlotte, North Carolina. And then Savion Williams, the latest addition to Tennessee's class, the number one junior college defensive tackle in the country. If you look at the updated recruiting rankings, 
Every surface is different, of course. 24-7 has Tennessee with the number 14 class in the country. Rivals has Tennessee with the number 10 class in the country. So you're seeing a big jump from Tennessee here in the last week. The Vols now have 18 commitments in the 2019 class. It is growing very quickly. And something that has been said over and over and over again about Jeremy Pruitt and Tennessee's overall coaching staff is their recruiting ability and everything that goes into it in terms of establishing relationships, evaluating players, and maybe pushing the right buttons. In the last week, Tennessee knew it needed to get some cornerbacks added to the board. So in back-to-back days, Tennessee came out of the weekend with two cornerbacks committed in the class in Burrell and Fields. Now Tennessee adds a player who was considering Georgia just a few days after he visits Knoxville. It's good timing for Tennessee. Good news this week, and Tennessee has, I think continues to have, recruiting momentum. And back in early July, I had a chance to talk to Steve Wiltfong of 24-7 Sports, National Recruiting Director there. It was right after the opening in Tennessee, starting to get a little bit of attention with Wanya Moore standing out. He had a big showing there at the opening. Brian Maurer had just committed at quarterback. And I talked to Steve about what he sees from Jeremy Pruitt and Tennessee's coaching staff and what they might be able to do from a recruiting standpoint at Tennessee. Here's what Steve said about what he has seen from Jeremy Pruitt and what he expects at Tennessee. Well, Jeremy Pruitt spent a 24-7 Sports National Recruiter of the Year as an assistant coach. He knows what it takes to evaluate first and foremost. I think that's the most important. Uh, I think if you asked him in, in order... The importance on recruiting evaluation would be number one. And then you look at all the places he's been, Florida State, Georgia, and Alabama. He's left some really good players behind as he helped evaluate evaluate guys. And, and so what's the point of evaluating? Well, if you're not going to work hard and recruit your ass off to sign them, right? So I, I, once you figure out who your top targets are, then going out there and, and, and showing them how important they are and, and how you want to coach them. And, so I think Coach Pruitt sets the tone at the top, um, and, and then his assistant coaches that he hired are following suit. And so these guys appear to have a good chemistry right now, and uh, I think uh, Tennessee hired one of the best off-field guys in college football, Andrew Hughes, who college coaches that I've talked to speak highly of and, and love working with. So from the head coach to the assistants to the support, it's a, it's a well-oiled recruiting machine. I thought Butch Jones in the in the previous staff recruited well. What I think is going to be the difference under Coach Pruitt and company. Coach Pruitt's been on has worked for two head coaches, two different head coaches that have won national championships. He understands the attention to detail taken in in, in uh, an approach to winning a national championship. And I think it's obvious in hindsight that Tennessee lacks some of those details and maybe coach butch jones wasn't the quite the ceo he needed to be at a place like tennessee um but uh, coach pruitt seen jimbo fisher do it seen nick saban do it worked for those guys and was a key cog in, in their runs to the national championship obviously he's going to add his own flavor to it but i think he understands the organization it takes and and, and being on top of every aspect of your program and so I think we're going to see a more organized Tennessee program, a more detail-oriented Tennessee program. Attention to the detail is something that you're really going to get from Coach Pruitt uh, and this new staff that's going to help Tennessee go where they want to go. 
Steve Wiltfong of 24-7 Sports, and I would agree with that. Butch Jones recruited well at Tennessee. He brought in some talent, maybe not enough talent to go win an SEC title, but certainly to win more, and they did win more. Tennessee won nine games in 2015 and 16, but couldn't get to the next level. And I would say organization and roster management, program management, ended up becoming an issue for Butch Jones at Tennessee. Time will tell if Jeremy Pruitt's going to be better at that for the Vols, but Steve Wiltfong believes that he will be. And if Jeremy Pruitt does bring some of the things that he's seen from those coaches that he's worked for, he's worked for really good coaches. I know there are questions about the relationship between Jeremy Pruitt and Mark Rick, but Mark Rick's a good coach. So working under Nick Saban, who's the best, Jimbo Fisher, who has a national title, Mark Rick, who has two SEC championships and has also done a nice job so far at Miami, there are some things to take from those coaches for sure. If they are applied correctly at Tennessee, then the recruiting, which looks good right now, under Tennessee's coaching staff, could pay off long-term with the right kind of management within Tennessee's football program. So big news for Tennessee. The Vols added junior college defensive tackle Savion Williams to the 2019 class on Tuesday. This is Rocky Talk, the daily Tennessee podcast. And every day leading up to fall camp, I'm talking about a different player and different newcomer for you to know in the 2018 class. And the player to know today is offensive lineman Tanner Antonuti. Talking about the big guys up front, how about Tanner Antonuti, an offensive lineman from Innsworth High School in Nashville. And this is a guy that he's a redshirt candidate, could be a player that, depending on where he is physically as the season goes along, maybe could get some snaps at some point in the season and not cost himself a redshirt. And and the first reason I say that is, Tanner did not come in in the spring, so he just got started in the summer. And through the recruiting process, he was listed at 6'5", 260 to 270 pounds. So clearly he needs to get bigger, and there are going to be guys that are ahead of him on the depth chart. But Tanner Antonuti is a a quality prospect from Nashville that could long-term help build Tennessee's depth on the offensive line. So I think the biggest focus for Tanner this summer and a lot of this fall will be getting bigger, and getting a better understanding of how to play the physical level that Tennessee will be asking its offensive linemen to play on the practice field. And that's going to be the case with just about every freshman. Not every freshman is Trey Smith, who comes in ready to be not only a contributor, but maybe the best player on the offensive line. Tanner's a guy that it's probably going to take some time to get him ready. But Tennessee also might be in a position where it can allow him some time to get ready. If other guys can can step forward, like Brandon Kennedy coming in, two years of eligibility, that helps a lot. Can Ryan Johnson take a step forward? Riley Locklear, those guys who are ahead of Tanner Antonuti. He's a part of a freshman class that includes Jerome Carvin and Ollie Lane, two players who did come in in the spring. So Tanner Antonuti, we'll see if he plays this fall. I think he's a redshirt candidate, but he can still play and redshirt as long as he plays in four games or less this upcoming season. So we are getting closer. Thursday will be Jeremy Pruitt's opening fall camp press conference. Friday will be the start of camp. Tennessee will at the practice field on Friday. I'll be back tomorrow talking about what's going on with Tennessee, an interview with Justin Ferguson telling you about Auburn, Tennessee's opponent coming up this fall as we continue to look at what Tennessee will be facing this upcoming year. And, of course, we continue to get ready to cover what's going on on the practice field for Tennessee. I'm on Twitter if you want to follow me or ask any questions or comments about the show, at Josh underscore Ward. And remember, the show is available on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and all the third-party apps. Thanks so much for hanging out today, and I'll see you tomorrow.
March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.